Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of this Mental Performance Mastery Group Coaching Program brought to you by Fundraising University. And I want to welcome everybody here to today's call and let you know that Fundraising University was recently recognized as one of the top 500 franchises in Entrepreneurs Magazine's Franchise 500. It's the world's first, best, and most comprehensive franchise ranking. And the 44th annual Entrepreneur Franchise 500 is highly sought after honor in the franchise industry, recognized as an invaluable resource for potential franchisees. The 2023 Franchise 500 ranks Fundraising University as the number one in in category and among the top 500 overall for its outstanding performance in areas including unit growth, financial strength and stability, and brand power. So if you're interested as a coach, as an entrepreneur in using Fundraising University to solve your fundraising needs, and I personally have ran a fundraiser using their Fund You Now program at Eastmont High School in Washington, and we did $30,000 in one hour. It is. It doesn't get easier, and it's one of the greatest fundraisers uh, that, that I've ever been a part of as a seven-year high school coach and athletic director. And I shouldn't say one of. It is the best. We never did 30000 an hour when I was in Vermont. I can guarantee you that. So if you've got any fundraising needs or you want to take your program to the next level or are interested in becoming uh, a franchise owner or someone who runs franchises for areas in, or schools and teams in your area, please go ahead and email Z Sorensen, Zach Sorensen. That's Z-S-O-R-E-N. S-E-N at fundraisingu.net. And I have put his uh, information here inside of the chat as well. But super excited for today's call, man. I've been thinking about doing this podcast since like 2000 and let me see when it was 2014, I believe it was when I uh, moved to Texas. And as I was moving to Texas and got a call from a, a guy who I had known down there, Mark Smith, and he said, hey, I'm on staff at SMU. And we're looking to, to you know, uh, we've read your book, The Mental Game of Football, looking to do some work on, on improving the mental game at SMU. And, you know, Coach Morris is interested in meeting with you. I'm literally driving a U-Haul from Arizona to Texas, park in South Lake, go over, meet with Coach Morris. And here we are now. I think that was, uh, what, maybe eight years ago or so, nine years ago. So super excited to have Coach Chad Morris here today to talk about culture, connection, and competition. He's a Hall of Fame Texas high school football coach. He's been the offensive coordinator at Tulsa and at Clemson and helped really do the rebuild on Clemson and getting them back to being one of the premier uh, programs in all of college football was the head football coach at SMU and took them from being the worst offensive team in the country to being in the top 10 in his three years there on the hilltop went and was the head football coach at the University of Arkansas, offensive coordinator at Auburn, and then back to being head football coach at Allen High School, one of the premier programs in all of high school football. So super excited again today to be joined by Coach Chad Morris to talk about culture, connection, and competition. Coach, thanks for joining us here on the Mental Performance Group Coaching Program. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. And uh, man, it's exciting to be here today. And, and obviously, I know the, the impact that you've had uh with 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 me and and the programs that we've built along the way and excited to see all the all the coaches that are joining us in and uh, man I just hope that I can 
provide maybe a nugget here or there that that, that may help somebody out that that uh, you know something that I wish I would have had um, and knew uh, at, at a certain time in my career. So uh, excited to be here, Brian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and you know, coach, our audience is going to be largely high school coaches as well as potential entrepreneurs. So I think everything that we talk about you know, looking at it from, from your years and years of experience as a high school coach and, you know, how some strategies, I think specifically the coaches can take and use and coaches throughout our time. If you have any questions for Chad Morris, please go ahead and put them here inside of our chat. And we'll make sure that we get those answered. So, you know, coach, would you, would you take us back into kind of your career? Cause you know, it, it, it really is fascinating to me that we, we can go from being a high school math teacher and coach to being an SEC head coach and, you know, the track record that you had. And I kind of touched on it, but would you talk about maybe that path? Um, and then also this, the value and the difference between, let's say coaching at high school. And I know even at SMU, you talked a lot about being a Texas high school football coach, maybe the difference between that. And then also being at the highest level, like in the SEC and division one college football. Yeah. You know, um, you know, going, going back, even, even, even back to when I was in high school, um, you know, outside of my mom and dad, one of the most influential people that touched my life along the way was, was a high school coach. Um, and, and just so happened to be my math teacher. And so which spurred a, a, a interest in math. Um, I really enjoyed being around him. The unique thing about him, his name was Jack Shelnut. Or, and, and the thing about Coach Shelnut was that he was the hardest coach he was the hardest demanding teacher that I had but for whatever reason I just gravitated to that um because I knew that he was he was drawing out the best in me um and and he you know he just had a way that 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 got to me I mean he he found a way to turn the buttons on and um and so he taught math well that that spurred an interest in 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 becoming a math major I went to Texas A&M majored math and minor statistics and it was because of him but uh, I kept thinking, you know, I really didn't want to coach. I wanted to get in the actuarial field after majoring in math, minor statistics. I love numbers. And um, I got engaged uh, to my wife and Paula. And, and you know, we were – I said, you know what, I, I'm going to go back and you got a couple years left to finish. I'm going to go and teach, teach math and coach. Just see, you know, let you finish your degree. And along the way, I'll continue to apply for jobs. Uh, everything kept coming back. I mean, when I got in there and started teaching, didn't have any education classes, was not certified. Um, but man, I got in there and all of a sudden it was like, wow, you mean they pay me to do this? Now I didn't make much. I was making $21,000 a year at the time, but I was just, I thought I was rich and, and I was. And when you really look at it that way, um, I just knew that the, the value of impact in lives, that, that was what was really really caught my eye early on and attention early on. Of course, I could resonate with them. I was 23 years old. Most of them were 17, 18, 19, or 16, 17, 18. And, and so I could really connect with them. Um, and then so, so, you know, that led into an 18, well, 19 year high school career throughout the state of Texas. And every stop that I made along the way, Brian, um, was, was I felt like that, that, that I, you know, I wanted to go to challenging spots. Um, you know, some of them were successful. I, I followed some very successful coaches. I uh, followed Art Browse when he left Stephenville um, and, and left to get into college. I, I, I was the idiot that followed him. He won four state championships. And, hey, you know, I'm the, who's going to follow this dude? Well, here I am. I am. 
but I, you know, I felt confident in, in, you know, knowing who we are and knowing what I want to do. But I'll say this, Brian, that the thing along the way, I'll never forget in 1998, 99, we played for back-to-back state championships at a, at a town in East Texas called Elysian Fields. And we got beat. We got beat both times. Um, I take another job down on the Gulf Coast area, and we go back-to-back state championships again. We win one of them. And uh, the Stephenville job, where Art left, comes into play. And, and I got really complacent. I, I got really complacent. I was four years. We played 64 football games in four years. Uh, Mackenzie, my daughter, she knew that Santa Claus would come you know, by the number of football games that we had left in a season. And, and when we're playing all the way up to Christmas, she's like, Dad, how many more games until Santa comes? Well, that's all fine and good until you get beat out in the first round of the playoffs. And she's like, Dad, Santa's here. And I'm like, sweetheart, it's, it's not even December yet. So, but 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 I knew, though, that, that you know, I got complacent. Those four years, five years, we were doing some really good stuff. and and But I wasn't adapting. I wasn't changing. We go to Stephenville. And for the first time in 15 years, following Coach Browse, um, we don't go to the playoffs. And that was very much an eye-opening experience for me, uh, for my family, for my career. Uh, I knew that things had to change. Uh, I knew that I had to change. And maybe not so much schematically, but from an overall culture standpoint. Uh, so fast forward that, we make the change. We wind up staying in Stephenville five, six years we go to a town in, in around Austin, Lake Travis, uh, go back to back state champions there. And then I get a chance to get into college. I, you know, I kept saying, you know, man, I, I know we're making a huge impact in lives right now at this high school level. I mean, we're, we're their, we're their dads, we're their, we, we, you know, this is a lot of times we're the only dinner they have. And I know all these coaches on here are shaking their head. They understand that. I mean, it's nothing for me to go and, take a kid, several kids home and stop at Sonic and get a brown bag special type of deal for kids. I mean, that's just what we do. It's what our wives do. That That's just, that's all we know. Um, and so I really liked that. And I was really scared about getting into the college ranks because I felt like, man, am I still going to have that impact in, in, in kids' lives? Well, I have an opportunity to get into Tulsa for Todd Graham. I get in there, stay a year. And now I'm an assistant. And the thing I would say about being an assistant, I was my own boss for 18, 19 years. The thing I could say about being an assistant, one, it was very challenging, uh, extremely challenging. Um, But two, I knew what a good assistant coach should be because I hired plenty of them. And so I knew how to be a great assistant. And and I leave, leave, uh, we have great success that first year at Tulsa, and I go to work for Dabo at Clemson. And now I'm really learning now as a head coach um, that you can do things different and still have great success. Uh, I can't tell you the number of times that we would get off the football field during spring practice and Dabo would have his keys in his pocket. He he would get in his car and he would go coach his son's little league baseball teams. Um, That was important to him. And it was important to the head coach. Then it's important to the assistants. Uh, I've been an assistant before to where the family, they talk family, everybody, oh, we're family, this family, that. But when you peel the onion back, there's not really much family to it. That was the culture. I mean, there it wasn't. I mean, it was, hey, we're going to spend all day, all night at the office and we're going to talk family to all these recruits and their, and their families, but we're really not. And, um, but I really learned a lot about, you know, from Dabo and from Kathleen on how to give. And, um, you know, Brian, as we've said many times at SMU and 
And along the way is, you know, and you know, are you a giver or are you a taker? And, um, you know, the world needs, the world has plenty of takers. The world needs givers. And so I, I really learned a lot about giving, working with Dabo and spending five years with him. And, you know, we took the program there. We, they were six and seven. And he told me, he said, you know, if we don't get the offense right, um, we'll be gone in a year. And so he said, I, I still want you to come. And so I, I, I said, okay, but I got to have a little bit of stability. So he gave me some stability. We went there, won the ACC the first year. And I mean, it's just took off ever since. Had an opportunity to come back to Texas, to my home state. Um, I'd watched many, many coaches' careers die at SMU. And Brian, you and I have had this talk many a times. Um, they, they go through coaches one out of every four years. And um, the previous four, the previous 20 years or four or five coaches before me, all of them's head coaching career died there. And I just, I, I said, there's got to be something to it. There, there's, it, it's not going to, I'm not going to die at SMU. Um, we got to figure this out. So taking over a program that was absolutely the worst, 122 out of 122 division one football teams and, um, the only reason why we took it is because I was from the state and I knew that it was going to take a connectivity and a connection uh, to get the program right. So we get there and, and but also knew that the, the, the culture that I learned along the way from Dabo, the culture that I learned from Todd Graham, the culture that I'd had, a, a, you know, through high school uh, is great. I learned a lot, but you can't just take that, that first six months before Brian, you and I connected or four months before we connected, I was trying to take the cookie cutter model that this is how we did it at Clemson. This is exactly the culture I'm going to put in place at SMU. And what I found was it, it, it wasn't, you needed to, you needed to, to, to kind of step back. You need to analyze, you need to, to do your research and look at what you have and look at the administration and look at, the surroundings before you instill the culture. Yes, you got your parameters, you got your non-negotiables that you got to have. So in comes you, Brian. You know, we we come in, we meet, I guess three or four months later after I get hired. And um I'll never forget you walking in the door and says, okay, tell me your culture. And I rattled off about 15 different things. And you said, okay, wow, okay. Do the kids know this? I was like, well, um, if I gave them all an index card, would they be able to write it down? I'm like, no, pretty sure they wouldn't. So it really helped me then start to learn to simplify. And simple is better. Um, we take that SMU program and what I thought was a five-year flip. We, because of the culture, and, I, and I'll say it, yes, we recruited well, but we recruited well because the culture was right. Um, we knew who we were. We defined it very clearly and very distinctly and quickly. Um, it, it was it was eye catching. It was gravitating, and everybody in the program, every administrator, knew what our culture was. So it became easier to get kids into the program that wanted to come play for us. Which in turn, two and a half years later, we got them bowl eligible. We flip it, um, and I have three SEC opportunities to interview several um, Tennessee and. Mississippi State and Ole Miss and and um, took the Arkansas job and um, you know same type of thing we go up there we're going to put the culture in place we define it this is who we are but the problem is in the SEC in 22 months if you don't show some type of you know a little bit of improvement they get rid of you so 22 months later we signed the best class in the history of the school and um, 
I was out of job. And so uh, go to Auburn as the offensive coordinator, worked for my very, one of my very best friends, Gus Malzahn, and got to see a different culture, got to see things that were different than, and how people do different things. And, um, and, uh, so really, you know, that, that's Brian, that's how I got to where I am today. And, and, um, you know, I went from there and, and, uh, went back to Allen high school and, um, you know, I thought that high school was going to be like it was 10 years ago. And what we're finding in the state of Texas is that high school kids, much like in college, if they don't play a lot, they just leave, they just move, they'll just go up and move on you. And, um, you know, I had opportunity to get back into college. And so I did that at South Florida last year. And so, yeah, that, that, that's where I am today. But I'm, I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, one, we would have got Arkansas right. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We, we had the culture going in the right direction. But the culture is the everything. And, and it's just and it's not everybody has a culture, as we've talked about before. Every church, every family, there's culture exists everywhere. It's there. And I know it's a buzzword and, but, you know, as I've said before, culture is a belief that drives a behavior that produces a result. And the simpler you can get it, the more defined you can get it, the better it gets, the faster you can grow it. And so uh, that's, that's kind of in a nutshell where I'm at. Well, let's come back to that. Cause I think you defined culture about as good as it can be defined. Culture is a belief that drives a behavior that produces a result. And, you know, I'm going to share my screen here and, and I, all the all the coaches on the call, I posted this inside of the, of the chat here. But, Chad, this was something that you had up in every single room at SMU, every team meeting room, every coach's office, everywhere you would go, you would see the SMU football MVP process, the mission, the vision, the core principles, the creed, which I'll show a video of the of all the all the players and staff saying that before the TCU game, how you would define success, your three-step plan to win, and then what the behaviors look like on the four wheels of the bus. So there's probably an hour here for us to unpack this, but I want to kind of have you walk us through it. And I'll keep coming back to this here. So coaches, if you want to take a screenshot, we'll keep coming back to it. Uh, Chad, talk to us about the mission. What is a mission? And then uh, and then talk to us about the mission of preparing you for success on and off the field the rest of your life. Why is it important you have a mission? Well, I think, first of all, Brian, you know, as, 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 as everybody's looking at that, you know, you're like, man, that's a, that's a lot of stuff. How, how do you go through that stuff? And, and, you know, and okay, yeah, you got a little bit more time in college and you do high school, but how do I go through it in high school? And, and here's what we did in high school when I went back to Allen, because that same board was hanging everywhere in Allen High School, as you saw, Brian, when you came and, and uh, saw us. Um, and then what's unique is all the coaches that have coached with me in the past, and now they've got their own head coaching jobs. That board hangs in every one of their, their, their meeting rooms. And so one of the things that we would do every year during, during uh, our fall camp, um, during well, Allen High School, the year we were there, is we would spend 30 minutes and I would have a coach responsible for different areas of that, that culture board for us. Um, and then we would split our kids up. We, now again, we had 560 high school football players I had to deal with. I had 64 coaches and 560 high school players at Allen high school. And that's a logistical nightmare. And if you're not planned, it'll, 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 it'll look awful. So you had to be detailed. And so, but we had coaches and we had small groups and 
our kids, because they would open up and you could relate a little bit more if you could divide up into small groups, but take your kids, divide them into groups. And, you know, even at, even at, uh, in college, we would divide them into red shirt freshmen, true freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, and then grads, grad players. Um, and then we divide them up and we would spend 30 minutes just one day a week, you know, one, one day, that's all we're gonna do 30 minutes. And we're going to focus on this group's going to focus on the mission while this other group's going to focus on the vision and they're just going to rotate around next day. Okay. You're going to go to the vision and then we're going to have them report back at the end. You know, we'll have a quick team meeting. Hey, tell me something you found out about the vision. Give me, give me the group to talk about vision today. Okay. Hey, tell me one thing you found out about it. What is a vision? What is a mission? You know, and so that that was important, you know, to make sure that, yes, anybody can put that stuff up. They can put it all over and they can, there's companies that make millions of dollars putting your slogans up. But if the kids don't know what the slogans are, if the coaches don't know what the coaches don't know what the slogans are, you're just wasting money. And so that's why it's, I'm so defined and so purposeful on if we're going to put it up, we're going to know what it is. And the kids are going to know what it is. And so just like you said, you know, our mission, you know, our mission is pre prepare you for success both on and off the field for the rest of your life. That's that's what we want. When they get through playing with, for us, they get through with their senior year. They get through coming through high school for us. What are they going to say about, man, man, I played for Coach Morris. I played for Coach Kane. Well, oh, man, you played there? Yeah, tell me about Coach Kane. What did you learn there? Man, let me tell you, you know, that guy, that guy focused so much about making sure we were successful both on and off the field or have a toolbox for success for the rest of our life. Yeah, however you want to define it. But then it was important. Okay. Hey, part of that mission is success. Well, what is success? I mean, is success making a million dollars? Is success uh, being happy? What is success? So it was real. And everybody's defined success a little bit differently too. So you got to make sure what is your model? What, what is your program? What is, what's success for you? And, um, kind of goes back, Brian, you just go back to that, that Clemson model. Well, that culture there is incredible. Dabo is, it's incredible what they got going and what he's done there. But, but, you know, you got to put your own stamp on it. I got to put my own brand on it. And uh, so, yeah, so we talked about the mission and then, you know, that, that is, what do they want to get when they finish with us? What do they want to get? I know at Clemson, one of our missions there is, you know, we want to, we want to prepare these young men for when they become 30 years old, they have a toolbox equipped to, to handle life situations. That's one of the things Dabo really talked about a toolbox equipped to how to be a dad. Well, how's he going to be a dad? Well, he's going to watch us. He's going to see our kids running around. And if you came, if anybody came to Clemson and watched our practices, there was our practice field going on. And if you looked over here to the left, you probably had a more violent practice going on with coaches' kids. And they were absolutely tearing stuff up. And I mean, they're getting a game on, but that's the way Dabo wanted it. He's got his kids, my kids. I mean, and and to look and see and watch them, somebody have a bloody nose or a busted lip, be crying. And I mean, but that's that's what it was about. And it was, oh, we're going to go eat. Um, but our kids saw that. And so when your kids see you interacting with your wife, you know, putting your arm around your wife, giving her a kiss after a game, win or lose or draw, I mean, you don't realize that. I mean, we don't, you know, we just think that's just what we do. But kids see that because, again, 
a lot of these high school coaches, as, as well as myself, I mean, I mean, we're the only father figure they got, some of them, and, and they've never seen a man, you know, a dad kiss her, you know, the wife or whatever it may be, or maybe a boyfriend kiss her mom, whatever, but, you know, but for us to model those things, so, and then we talk about vision, you know, what is a vision, you know, the vision is, is what you want to see, what, what is the, what's the, the vision of the program, you know, where do we want you at, and, and, um, you know, and then, you know, then you talk about the, and you put that back up there, Brian, Yep. We'll kind of, if you look, look at it, we'll kind of quickly go through a couple of things that I think are really important with it. Yep. Yeah. So our vision is what, what do we want to accomplish for the season? You know, we, you know, we want to win the opener. Um, and those just some, some things there along the way that, that are important to us. Um, you may win your crosstown rival. Um, and then your, 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 your true, core principles or your values that you, you stand for. You're, you're, this is who we are. You cut us open. This is who we are. Uh, and this is where we have the hand signals. I mean, this is where you get simple. And, and it's, it's, it's accountability, it's energy, it's toughness, it's family, and it's integrity. And then when you make a fist, it's confidence. So I know everybody can see me on here, but we would literally do this. You know, it would start with our thumb. So we, you know, Brian, you may already have a video of it, but you start with your thumb and you put it chest. Do you have it, Brian? I do. Yeah. So it's, it's okay. funny. How, how I'm, I'm going to stop there, but, but I'll play the video. So, so, you know, I remember, I remember this was one of the things coach, the conversation that we had, where we were talking about culture and what you wanted it to be. And I said, do you think all the players could put it down on an index card? And then within probably 48 hours from that time, when we identified how we were going to put them together, and we made hand signals. And if everybody here on the call joins us, right? If you take, here's three steps to memorize anything. Step number one is a location. Our location is our right hand. Step number two is a picture. A picture is going to be the thumb in your chest. We're going to use all five fingers and a fist like Coach Morris talked about. And like you saw the hand, which he had on a t-shirt that everybody had when we were learning this. And then the meaning is the third step. So it's location, picture, meaning. So let me roll you through it. Accountability. I put my thumb in my chest. I take accountability. I'd have you do this with me if you if you can see us. Spinning a tornado, energy and work ethic. Tornadoes have energy and work ethic. Middle finger to my head and my body, physical, mental toughness. Right? I take my ring finger, family. If I put a ring on that finger, I'm probably starting a family. If I take a pinky, and I pinky swear with somebody, integrity. And when I put all of those things together, I have the confidence and belief and faith that our process will bring results. So the picture here, accountability, energy, work ethic, physical, mental toughness, family, integrity, confidence, belief, and faith. And I'm getting goosebumps, man, because this is amazing, coach. I don't think I ever told you this, but last year, 2022, I'm at the Waste Management Open Golf Event in Phoenix. And I run into three three SMU football players. They're on a bachelor party. And they had been drinking probably since the first guy teed off on the first hole. And it's now in the afternoon. Kaner, what's going on? They tackle me. They're like lifting me up in the air. We're having a conversation. And I stopped them. I said, give me the core principles of SMU football. They're like, man, I haven't thought about that since I graduated. I go, no, but they're inside of you. Give them to me. And they all could rattle them off. And part of it was every day, one of the things that you would do and start every meeting, right? It was a trigger for the coaches here. Chad would have the start, start every practice with the team meeting in the film room. There'd be music when guys are walking in, the coaches were at the door, high-fiving each other, lifting the energy in the room. So no matter what type of day they had, their day was going to be great coming into that room and coming out. And you'd always start with 
Take me through it. And this is what it would look like in the team room every day and what it would look like before a game. This video that I'm about to show you guys is these core principles, right, that you just learned and the definitions. So here's the definitions. And Chad, I'll have you talk about why it's important to define these here in a minute. So here's the guys before the game against TCU in year one, Coach Morris's second game. Walk play game one, Baylor, I think game two, TCU, number four team in the country at the time. And here's every player going through the, that, that creed. The creed is the definition of or your core principle and then the definition. Here you go. You're going to hear them all say it part of the pregame. You understand that? Yes, and it starts with what? What does it start with? Accountability. accountability. Let's go. Let's say it. We are accountable to each other. We have the energy and work ethic to be at the highest level. We are mentally and physically tough at our best every play to overcome all adversity. We are a family that always puts the team first. We have the integrity to lose right at all times. We have a confidence, belief, and faith that our process will bring results. We are a man that won't play worse. We are SMU. So there it is. That would be happening before meetings. That's happening before games. And I'll share the story about Cortland Sutton in year three at the end here, coach. But talk to us about why was it important to you to do that before meetings in a game? And why was it important to give those core principles a specific definition? Well, I think, first of all, you know, again, if you cut us open, this is who we are. And, and it's got to be more than just a a billboard. It's got to be more than just a poster on a wall. It's just got to be more than just the opening day of, of fall camp. Um, it's got to be every day. We got to live it every day. And so uh, to be able to de define, okay, hey, I'm accountable. Well, right, well, what do you mean I'm accountable? Well, let's define what is accountability. And that's why it's important for us, to, as you as you saw, you know, we're accountable to do what we say we'll do, and we're accountable for each other. Um, you know, we have energy and work ethic, uh, and so what is energy and work ethic and, and, and why do we need to have that? You know, what's important? Well, we got to model it. So as our, as, as you mentioned earlier, if, you know, there's nothing worse, as we all know, we've all been around coaches and teachers. There's nothing worse to, to come on. Or, or if I would, if y'all were on here, listen to me and I'm just talking like this right here, you know, just kind of ho-hum. There's, I mean, that, that guy ain't got any juice. I don't want to be around him. People gravitate to people that have a little bit of uh, something to them. And, and again, going back to the coaches that have influenced my wife, my life along the way, they had something. I don't know what it was. I always call it it. They had it. They could, they could dig inside of me, but they, they had energy. They had a work ethic. And, and uh, so as our coaches, as our players walk into meeting rooms, you're exactly right. Our coaches are standing right there. We're high-fiving. It doesn't matter, you know, what kind of day that they've had. I, I don't care at that point. Our job and our duty is for those kids. And then not only that, but we also do it at the end of practice. I wanted to make sure they left that practice field. You might have chewed their tail out but they better walk off that practice field with some type of positive feeling about themselves from you that day. And so I wanted our coaches to have some energy as, as practice ended. And, um, and so I, th that's why it was so important for me, you know, mental and physical toughness. Well, you say, well, why are those together? Well, you, you can't have one without the other. I mean, you know, you, you, you go and you, you be a head coach in the SEC and things don't go right. Just check your Twitter out. You, if, you, if you're not mentally tough there when you look at your Twitter or your family's Twitter, you, you, you're going to have to be mentally and physically tough about it all because you're going to have to have some restraints about yourself too. So mm -hmm. mental and physical toughness have to be together. And in family, we, you know, what is family? To some of these kids, we are their family. 
Um, and, and, but family's got to run deep. And so uh, an integrity, you know, we're going to do what's right regardless of the outcome. We're going to do what's right at all times, regardless. If, if, that means, if that means we have to lose a game or learn on, during a game, um, then so be it. But we're not going to compromise on our integrity of how we're going to do some things, or how we do things, everything. And, uh, and so, yeah, yeah that, that's, that's why we do that. And then, and then we'll also, another good way is, is I'm talking here to, to everybody that I thought was really unique for us is I would pick a player. Mm. So I would define a day. So like Monday, Monday is accountability Monday. Mm. All right. It's accountability Monday. And great. So we're going to talk about accountability. I'm going to have one of our players at the end of practice that's going to get up and he's going to tell us what his, what he thinks accountability is. And then Tuesday, Tuesday's going to be a work, work energy with work ethic. So, I, okay, there's two right there. So I'll have two. I have one defined, you know, what his version of work ethic is, or, or maybe who he saw modeling through the course of that practice. Hey, coach, man, I tell you what, oh, oh, Cortland Sutton or Trey Quinn, coach, that, that guy, let me tell you, coach, I was with him this weekend. You're talking about somebody that's accountable? Trey Quinn learned that's my guy for accountability Monday or, you know, Tuesday. And, and we would do this in high school. We would do this in college. And uh, the only difference is on Sundays we would call because you play on Saturdays is we called Sundays the truth. So it's mm -hmm. accountability and the truth Sunday. And uh, it was about us, you know, and, and maybe that's on high school. That's what Saturdays are. When you bring your kids up on Saturday is, hey, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put Saturday as accountability and the truth. I mean, hey, you are what you put on video. going to be accountable for it. So, boom. we're gonna, So every week, every day of the week is also defined with your with your with your core values and so your family well thursday nights were family nights okay well bang there we go we're you know our coaches got a chance to go eat with their family so it's family thursday and then integrity friday and so th those are just different little small nuggets that we took along the way brian that really i think help just just reemphasize how important it was and why we we did it we just didn't do it before practice and before meetings or after practice we did it constant there was something tied to it every day every day and it, it was intentional coach and I'm I'm embarrassed right now that I have I have not been sharing with every coach I work with the importance of tying your core principles to the day of the week and I, I remember you doing that and and Monday you talk about accountability Tuesday you're talking about energy work ethic Wednesday you're talking about toughness and it might be a five-minute lesson in the team room before practice or it might be a lesson that you would have your position coaches do in their film room or it might be something that you had a player or a speaker come in to talk about at the end of practice and I'd remember that every speaker you'd bring in to talk to the team you'd say here's our six core principles would you please make sure that, you know, your message reflects what these core principles were because you didn't want a speaker, you wanted to reinforce your system. And I think when, when we're talking about systems, I just want to let the coaches know here that Fundraising University offers a variety of systems when it comes to fundraising efforts to help teams and students run profitable and effective and fast-paced fundraisers designed to raise the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time to reach their fundraising goal. So if, you, again, you're interested in running a fundraiser, um, especially in the areas of Chicago, Central Arkansas, South Florida, please contact Zach Sorensen. I'll put his email in the chat here at zsorensen at fundraisingu.net. And, you know, coach, one of the things you also did on social media was I remember one, maybe, maybe my most memorable day 
in mental performance coaching. And there's been a lot, I mean, UFC heavyweight fights and Olympic medals and like Cy Young award winners. And there's been a lot of really cool stuff. Maybe the coolest thing I've ever seen. It was coming back to fall camp. And we had at the end of the end of the spring had all the players vote on who in our organization best represented the six core principles. And when we came back in fall camp, uh, I don't know if it was day one or somewhere in fall camp, every one of the players that was voted, who was voted most accountable, who was voted best energy and work ethic, they got up in front of the team and they talked to the team about what that core principle meant to them as a player and their life and to the program. And I remember it being one of the most powerful memories I've ever had in, in consulting. Yeah, that, that was that was something, um, Brian, I think we were about, I don't know, probably I don't know, maybe five days into camp or something when we brought you in, but we had kind of said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. They knew about it all summer long. Um, and so it's kind of like selecting leaders, captains for your team. That was kind of the, that was, that was our choice. That was kind of how we did it. Um, but I remember that night, I remember exactly where I was sitting because I don't know if there was a dry eye in the whole room, coaches, players. Uh, when you heard those players, get announced and they got up and had a chance to talk um, and thank their teammates and how powerful that was. Because again, it was, it was more again, is more than just a slogan on a wall. We'd been building for this for a long, long time. And I mean, you know, we, we, we would even bring a bell out there and off season, try to get the guys to ring a bell like the Navy SEALs. And which means that, you know, we're quitting or if a, if a coach didn't see something, he went over and rang the bell. We were, I'll never forget, we were, you know, we were trying to, to, to get this thing flipped. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget one of the kids said, he says, this was after that first two and 10 season. And uh, again, I, I would say this to the coaches out there, I mean, if you go through some hard times, don't waver on those, call that your culture. Don't waver. Don't waver. Be rock solid in that. You you know who you are. You, you've obviously been around some really good coaches. You know how to win. And it just because it doesn't work, just stay strong. I, I'll never forget when when I was at Arkansas, one of our administrative assistants would tell me, he said, you know, Chad, there's days you can't, you, you don't feel like you're walking into the wind because the wind's blowing hard in your face. Just lean, just keep leaning. And so, but I'll never forget, we're going through that. And we got the bell out there in fall camp or in, in off season. And I remember one of the kids hollering and, 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 and I know what they were doing. They're hollering you know, to, so that we could hear it as coaches, they said, they were telling one of the other players says, don't do it. Don't do it. They're trying to break us. They're trying to break us. They're trying to break us. And I stopped and I'm like, they're trying to break us. I blew the whistle. I said, no, no. I call them all up. And I said, guys, you, you, you're not, you're not understanding this. We're not trying to break you. It, we're broke. We went two and 10. We're broken. We're trying to fix you. So, that's the mindset. We're, we're not, you're, you're taking it all wrong. You're thinking we're trying to break you, make you crack, make you crumble, make you what? No, 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 no. We're trying to fix you. We're trying to fix what's going on here. And this is our step along the way. So we got to change our mindset along the way. But, but that night, going back to that night in fall camp, Brian, you're, you're exactly right. Very powerful night. Um, again, I would encourage all the coaches on here or, or leaders on here of businesses and if you can find an evening, an afternoon, um, yes, it may take away a little bit of practice, but let me just tell you that to me, and that was going into, that might've been going into our second year. I don't remember second year, um, but that you knew, okay, 
I remember telling you afterwards, okay, we yeah. got this. We yeah. got them. We, they're hooked. They're, the hook's in. We've set the hook. We got them. Yeah, we, they, they took ownership of the culture, right? And I think for the coaches here, there's three steps to ownership. And when you're turning a program around, like Chad was doing at SMU, from worst in the country to, you know, to number 10 offense in the country when 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 you left, the, the two wins, five wins, I think, and then seven wins in a bowl, three steps to ownership. Step one is I know it. We got to get them to know the culture. Step two, I do it. We got to see it in behavior. Step three, I own it. They started dressing below the line behavior of culture and other people. And I remember it was year three and we were playing at Houston. And in year one, Houston had it literally had leaked out on social media, them urinating on, on our Jersey in the floor in their locker room and in the urinals. And they, and they, and then they did it to us on the field. They smacked us on the field. And then in year two, they're top 10 in the, I got the ball right here. Game ball right here. They're 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 number 10, 11 in the country. And on October 22, 2016, we win that game 38 to 16. And then year three, we go down to the University of Houston, big rivalry matchup. And the creed that you guys saw in the video, coaches fired up before the game, rivalry game, big game, pivotable in the American Athletic Conference standings. And I don't know what happened, but before the game, you're, you know, you do your you do your normal pregame talk, and it's like, all right, guys, let's go. And I remember Cortland Sutton being like, no, 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 no. Wide receiver now with the Broncos, all pro, best leader we had probably. One of the best leaders we had in that locker room. We had some good ones. And he goes, we ain't we ain't ready yet, coach. Get back on the box. You get back up on the box, and they go through the creed because he's like, we're not going to play this game until everybody commits to living with our core principles. And that, that probably orchestrated by you intentionally was um, another moment that I'll never forget amongst many in that time together at SMU. So – I think we've talked a lot about the culture. And what I also want to get into are some strategies that coaches can come to and take and use about competing, you know, one play at a time, but also maybe other strategies that I think they can take and use. So I want to share my screen here, Chad, and, and pull up uh, something that you, you used a lot, which was the why we play wall. And, you know, at SMU, obviously you had this put up in the, in the locker room when guys go walking in. I was just with TCU baseball this past weekend, and they have this on a whiteboard. So they didn't get the, the nice graphic. They just have it written up on a whiteboard, which any coach can do. Why was it important that you had your players identify why they played? Well, you know, again, you, you look for any anything, any any small advantage you can get to try to, again, connect with every player. You know, you got 100 and I think we had 118 players or whatever it was. And, man, you're trying to figure out what – what turns them on? What 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 really gets to their to their core vi core beliefs inside? And and so one of those is is okay. Well, you know, you, it's hard to get to know everybody's family, and but you can you know you get to know them. Hey, why do you play the game? You know, just a simple question. Why do you play? You know, and and um, t t tell me tell me tell me about it. Tell me tell me what what is your why? And uh, we spent a lot of time talking about what what, what is our why. Why do we do what we do? And because, again, if you don't know what your why is, it's really hard to to know why, you know, how you're doing what you're going to do or what you're about to do. And so, um, yeah, I thought it's important not only for them to say, well, you know, I, my why is my, you know, my brother that's sick or my mom that's sick or whatever. Well, OK, great. That's awesome to hear your why. But nobody else in this room knows your why. And so when you can put it on a board. When you can put it up there 
And, you know, when you can be in a pregame speech or you could be at practice, you know, after practice, you walk through the locker room or something goes on and, you know, a kid didn't have a good day or he didn't put out forth the effort of, of practice. Yeah, I'd go over to the side and I'd go, hey, uh, hey, Nick, Nick, is this your why? Did practice today, you think your why is excited about that? And so, again, it's those different things. And then he'd look at you and go, I know, coach, man, I'm sorry. I know, I know, I, know. I got to get better. I got to get better. And uh, and then we 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 went even further, you know, Brian. You know, we we hey, I want to I want to if you can bring your picture of your why, I want to see your picture. And we would put we started out putting we let them put the picture of their why uh, in their in their locker. And then we you know Brian had a great idea. He says, man, we could do a wordle. We could put we could make a picture wordle to where we could put our logo and every one of our players, coaches included, their why. Their picture, their why is right there. And so we scanned them all in and 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 got this created. And this board traveled with us every game, every game. So when you walked into our locker room, when our players got off the bus, they walked in that locker room, they saw that. Mm. And um, so, again, they didn't have to take their picture off their locker with them. We had it for them. And, um, you know, and, and so, again, those different things. And then asking our guys right, at the start of every year, and we ask them to think about this, too, is what is your one word? I want to know what your one word is. And, and and we did this everywhere I've ever been. And we did it at Arkansas. Uh, at Arkansas, we did some really cool things with this. Um, but we would have our players get up, especially our seniors, and – they would have a night or an afternoon or whatever the, you know, we had a 30 minute block, an hour block, whatever. And they got to get up and tell what their one word for their year is in front of the whole team and the coaches. And so, as you can see there, as our players wrote their one word out, they had to think about it. We had them think all summer long, man, really think long and hard. What is your one word? And um, so the larger the words there, the more players chose it. So that's what that represents. So if you see a small word in there, this little fine print, probably one or two players chose it. But like confidence or belief, and you know those are those are chosen by many players. And so their word traveled with us too. So we had two boards. You walk in, you see your picture of your why, and two, you saw your your word. This is your one word. So and we said, well, what, what's important to the one word? Well, the one word is when things aren't because not every day is going to be a holiday, and not every dinner is going to be a banquet. There's going to be some days that you're going to have to you're going to, have to you're going to hit reset. You're going to have to rely on the culture to get us through, and that's coaches included. That's the head coach included, and I think it's very important for the head coach that the players understand that I'm I'm just as vulnerable as they are, and they got to be they got to see some vulnerability in me, and um and so you know for me to be you know my one word was I think that year was relentless, and so I remember I was out fishing and we went to Destin on vacation and. Man, I, I was really struggling. I'd pray about what is my one word going to be. I'd try to read a book, try to find a word in the book. I could nothing hit me. Well, my Chandler and I, my son and I were out fishing out in the out offshore, and this boat comes by us, and we're we're on some fish, and he swings his butt in around, and there it was, just as big as Dallas, relentless was the name of the boat. I look at Chandler, I said, That's my word for the year, relentless. And so I took a picture of it on my phone, took it, framed it 
hung at my office and the whole bit. So just different things like that. Cause you know, those days that, that aren't going as well, you got to focus on that one word. And so those are again, diff- different little strategies, Brian, that I think really helped us along the way and helped our players too. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think another strategy that, that help helped players and in practice, right. And when we're talking about speeding up the turnaround of a program, well, everyone's going to practice for two hours a day. How do we get the most out of practice? And one of the things that you'd always say, and I, I take and, and use it a lot, is there's three types of reps. There's physical reps, there's mental reps, and there's no reps. And, you know, here's a video that we shot at practice of some quarterbacks, you know, getting getting mental reps. So as you're talking about this concept of mental reps, right, you look at number eight, who's the starter, and then you got 12 and seven behind. But if you went to practice, you'd see guys doing this all over the field. Right. You'd see even a tight end here, 82, I think, going through it. And you and as we we built this thing out, you'd see players getting more mental reps. Um, you know, for our baseball coaches here, you we've called this a shadow bullpen. If I'm talking to my one of my wrestlers today who's competing in Tulsa at the national championships this week, he's a wrestler at Navy. And I was like, hey, you know, when you get to that arena on Thursday, I want you to literally or on Tuesday, tomorrow, I want you to practice from the locker room to the mat, how you're going to walk like you are when you go out there on Thursday so that you've gone through it. Right. And he's like, I'm going to do it today in the wrestling room in Annapolis before we leave tomorrow. So, coach, talk about the value and the importance of like mental reps and and building that into program and practice. Yeah, you know, it's it's as, as we watch the video right there, you know, it just you're out there to practice. You're out there to get reps. And uh, as, as you mentioned, you're either going to get mental reps, physical reps, or no reps. And, you know, nothing just ticks me off more than anything to look over at the side and see just kids over there just clowning around. And um, and we have it. And believe me, we have it. It just it happens. It's, it, it, it just it is what it is. But, but you find out real quick who those that want to be elite. You know, I got a plan, and, and I, my son is was starting quarterback this year at TCU, and and um, gets hurt in the very first game of the year against Colorado. And well, of course, Chandler's been around it forever. He, uh, um, and and when his ability when he came back five weeks later, obviously Max Duggan came in, and and you know he beat beat a three year starter out. Max comes in and and continues to, you know, had a heck of a year, finished second in the Heisman. But when Chandler was able to get back out on the practice field, that's, I would call Chandler in the evenings and I say, well, "Hey man, how'd the reps go today?" He said, "Dad, I got every rep there is." I said, "Oh really?" He said, "Yeah, he said, I'm, I'm, I get every mental rep." And so, again, he's standing back there, he's going through every rep, even when he couldn't, he had a crutch, he was back there behind getting a rep. He was getting it mental oh, rep. Yeah. And so, so just so so important there to get those reps because again, you can only. You can only grade so much. You can only watch so much. But here's what it also told us, too, is when you do watch your practice film, you're able to correct all of them. Because mm-hmm. like you saw right there, one of our quarterbacks, he he shouldn't have thrown outside. He should have just carried his fake out. Well, we're able to correct. He wasn't even getting one of the reps a part of the rep. He was getting a mental rep and going through it. Well, we're able to correct him right there. And so being able to see those guys get those, 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 just those physical or mental reps on the side. Again, it's, do you want to be elite? I got a plan for that. Do you want to be good? We got a plan for that too. Do you want to be average? Well, we got a plan for that too. You tell me where you want to be and I'll tell you how to get there, but don't tell me you want to be elite, but you come over there and you don't want to get the, 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 the mental reps and practice. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, you and I were sitting together at the Texas at the at the TCU versus Michigan game this year out here at the Fiesta Bowl. 
watching Chandler, you know, your son uh, on the sideline is Max Duggan, who finished second, who, who Chandler beat out for the starting job and Duggan finishes second for the Heisman, right? He answered the bell and we're watching Chandler and he's on the sideline and he's got his helmet on and he's standing next to the signal caller and he's seeing the play. And then his eyes are going out on the sideline to the defense. And then when it, when it was a pass play, like you'd see almost see him point to where you would throw the ball. So he was getting into it as much as he possibly could right. Mental rep wise. So I think that's something that that football coaches, especially, but all coaches can benefit benefit from is building those mental reps into practice and taking time as my, my friend, Todd Whitting, who's a college baseball coach, his first practice is what he calls his TPI practice, temple or tempo process installation. Like it's practicing how to practice. Here's how we get mental reps. Here's how we walk the home plate. Here's how we do different things. Practicing how to practice. It's the old John Wooden, how to put your shoes and socks on, right? So um, coach, man, that's about the fastest 55 minutes in the history of my life. So I want to, I want to come to the chat here and, and, and take any questions that we have from our coaches that they have for you. Um, and I also want to say, ask you, you know, you've, you've, you've coached football in a lot of places. You've coached it in high school and won multiple state championships. You've been all the way, you know, offensive coordinator, Auburn and, and, and Clemson. You've, you've, you know, coached in the SEC. Um, what is it that you know now, if you could go back and talk to Chad Morris, like when he was just getting started coaching, what is it you would say to Chad Morris when he first got started coaching coming out of Texas A&M with that math degree? You know, Brian, that's, 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 uh, I've thought about that quite a bit, especially here lately dealing with what I've been dealing with, with an injury. Um, you know, slow down, mm. slow down, man. You know, you, you hear it all the time. I mean, I remember my parents telling me all the time, you know, man, just slow down, smell, smell the roses along the way, just slow down and let everything work itself out. As a young, as a young Chad Morris, man, I was so, much in a hurry to see how I could climb the ladder and get to the top or get to the this program or that program. I always thought that the grass was always greener on the other side of the fence. And what you found is there's times it is greener, but it's planted on top of a septic system. And you don't realize it until you get over that, that, you know, you get over on that side and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize it's planted in some muck. And, you know, you have issue every, every, every place has issues. Don't get me wrong, but but man, just slow down, enjoy what you have. And, and, and I'm going to close, you know, I'll kind of say this, Brian, and I've talked to you about this a bunch. And I heard Jimmy Johnson talk about in his Hall of Fame speech. And I just got through reading the book Swagger uh, by Jimmy Johnson, just came out. And it's a really good book. And um, he talked about uh, one of the coaches would tell him when he was younger, he would say something like, you know, hey, Jimmy, yo, QTL, QTL, Jimmy. And Jimmy finally said, well, what are you talking about? What is QTL? And he said, he said, quality time left. He said, you'll understand that one day. Mm. And he said, so as Jimmy went along the way and he got ready to retire and he, and he realized how he put so many other people in front of his family, um, he realized the very people that suffered the most was his family. And, and he said, um, he said, man, when I, I knew it was time to retire, when, when, when QTL really hit me between the eyes. And so I really kind of resonated a bunch on, on quality time left. And that's, you know, maybe you guys got kids that are, you know, 12, 13, 14, maybe they're going to be, you know, getting out and going to college here in three or four years. And um, man, that quality time left you have with them. And O'Brien, you got a young one and going to have another one coming. I mean, 
just the value. You're like, man, it, you know, this time will last forever. And, and I was always that coach, Brian, that I always felt that your parents would always get older. Mine never would. Your kids may get older, but mine never would. Mine would always stay six and eight. I would always be able to play wiffle ball and football on the beach with them. And what I found is, is that next thing you know, you're empty nesters. Your parents are getting older. Um, my daughter's gone. She's, you know, it, it, she's the director of recruiting at Ole Miss. My son's in TCU. Paul, it's just Paul and I. And, you know, man, that quality time left is so valuable. And I, I think that's what I would go back and tell the younger Chad Morris is, man, those times when I could look over at the side and see my kids over playing football or playing, you know, whatever, um, man, coach, just, just enjoy those moments. Enjoy those times. The success will happen. It's going to happen. It'll happen more if you, if you really just dive into the moment. And, uh, uh, that's probably the main thing. I think I rushed through a lot of things early on in my career. And, uh, once I got with Dabo, I think things really started to slow down for me and really, really resonated with me, man. Now, I don't know if I answered your question or not, but that, that's, that really hit me hard. That quality yeah. time UTL. And I think, I think it's, 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 you know, you shared the example of that with the kids, which hits, hits hard for me, but I think it's also like with what you're doing from, a, from, from coaching or running your business. Right. And it's like, I think so many times, you know, and it was interesting when you said it, what you would do is you would slow down. And I put in the chat, I go slow down from a guy who's got one of the best tempos and energies I've ever been around as a coach, you know? And it's like, I think for all of us on this call, where a lot of us are going to be type A, we're going to be business owners, we're going to be hard chargers. And I think what I'm hearing you say, coach, is like, take a breath, slow down, and don't be in such a rush to get to the next thing that you miss the thing that you're doing. And the quality time left is with your families, but also the quality time left is, let's be honest, right? We're, from this call, when it started till now, we're all one hour closer to death, right? And with that one hour, like, are you doing everything you can? to maximize your life and the opportunity for those who you get to serve. And, you know, Coach Morris, I want to just say thank you for, for taking the time today to, to join us. You know, I want to let, I want to let our, our coaches know one last time that Fundraising University is always looking for individuals throughout the country who have core principles, competitive, empathetic, organized, they're self-starters and they're teachable. So if you're a coach or athlete or business-minded individual, and you'd like to work with coaches and athletes like Coach Morris on, on fundraising while owning your own business, please contact uh, Zach Sorensen um, to learn more. And again, as you guys know, all the calls that we're going to do, we've got uh, our next call is going to be uh, tomorrow, 25 minute call, the process, the greatness that we heard from coach Morris, our next guest, Jeff Jones is the head strength and conditioning coach who implements a mental performance system with his football team in Arkansas state. That's going to be in two weeks on the 27th. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about fundraising, you connect with Zach Sorensen in the email or in the chat here, and you can see all of our calls in the dashboard coach Morris, man, QTL. We're out, we're out of QTL on this call, but thank you for jumping on here and sharing your strategies and your story and your, your systems with us, man. One of my favorite calls. And then one I've been looking forward to for a long time, driving in a U-Haul to damn Texas from Arizona in 2014. So thank you for being here. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me and good luck to all you guys. And if there's anything I can ever do to help, please let me know. Awesome. Thanks coach. Appreciate you guys. And thank you all for being here. Have a great day. We'll talk to y'all soon.